Do you like the north of England? Would you like to spend a couple of days doing nothing but playing board games, eating great food, in the presence of fantastic people, some well-known faces from board game media, and potentially Matthew Jude smelling great? Then, come to Aircon between the 13th to 15th of March next year. Tickets and more information are available on their website. That's aircon.co.uk and also in the links in the show notes. And now, on with the show. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for October. And it's either Inktober or it's Halloween spooky month, whatever you want to be doing. Um, but remember, this is the kind of the big run up to the kind of the festivities. And, you know, people are getting ready. They're dashing left, right and centre. They're thinking about what they're going to be doing at the end of the year. They're thinking about what they need to do in order to kind of finish off the year. But they've got to remember to stop smell the roses and enjoy themselves because after all uh, while work is important they've also got to remember that uh, play is the thing as well so joining me from playing the thing <laughs> i've <good>? got <laughs> and uh, oh it's got a six from the belgian judges so i think he's gonna have to settle for bronze it's uh, <laughs> dr max davy Good evening, Richard. How are you? We call it Rocktober in our house. It's Rocktober yeah. for reasons that are lost to time, but that, that's just what do it you, is. Do you start off with like a kind of a rocky... Is it a rocky day every day? Do you start off with a bit of Zeppelin, a bit of Iron Maiden? Ah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well... Kind of. I, I'm sort of a bit more eclectic in my music taste. I sort of s- stick on whatever whatever happens to be on Spotify these days. But yeah, I mean, there used to be it used to be the kids were really into rock music, so we would just listen to rock music all all October. But now they are all kind of K-pop and various bits and bobs. So. Um, were you a man who rocked a long longer do when you were a younger man? Then I mean, are there pictures <laughs> going about with a date so, with a man spout, spouting what you would call? A kind of a, a longer Davy at the back, <laughs> potentially a longer haircut. There's, you know. So my hair, when it grows long, is basically a kind of non-ginger Mick Hucknall, um, and that is not a, that is not something you should be going for, really. Um, oh. So I've <laughs> for the last. 10 years I've cut my own hair right. um, grade 4 all over that's the secret you're peering behind the curtain I'm afraid Richard that, that's that's the secret to my devastating good looks and and um, it's uh, coiffure it's just a grade 4 all over that is it that is the reason that's the basically reason basically a grade 4 well whatever it is oh. yeah grade 3 or 4 you're I can't just remember. breaking down the illusions just one bit at a time do you know what you're making me feel you're going Better? Well, potentially that the path to my own gloriousness <laughs> is probably not much more than a number 4 away if I'm, you know, if I'm being honest, absolutely right. Yeah, that's exactly. I'd it, have to yeah. grow the hair a bit. 
to be able to shave it to a number four because I'm at that age where you know I've kind of having to go to a number one or a number two to look respectable otherwise it just grows out straight and I look like somebody that's had yes. one of their hands on one of those you know those static balls that you get that's it kind of sticks up like that yeah. so it's kind of going it's kind of going um we brought you on for a couple of reasons we <laughs> One has brought you on for a couple of reasons, Mr. Day. You you have been summoned hither. <laughs> you should yeah, you should also wait until you're addressed, young man, rather than just come Absolutely well, know, gosh. Con, okay, you know sorry. You, you do bring your, your highest contrafibularities, as you would say. Um yeah. you are obviously we mentioned, you know, in my stunning intro, um, because it's yeah. good to blow your own trumpet plays a thing which is a podcast all yeah. about the importance of play itself. Um, I am always yeah. interested in the board game question, how you get bo- how you get into question, board games is everybody asks that. So let's ask a different question all together. Okay. When you were kind of growing up as, mm. you know, in your you know in a family in the family situation or whatever situation was it how important was it for you to get together with like you know brothers sisters members of family and actually sit around a table or carry out some kind of activity together to do some kind of fun bonding or something like that i think the only i mean i i played quite a lot of games workshop games growing up with my brother but we did an awful lot more collecting and looking at the games because they were very beautiful mm-hmm. but actually to play they weren't very good <laughs> so we didn't really kind of ever kind of get into playing them repeatedly um i think the most games we would play would be when we were on holiday with when we were sort of still a kind of conventional nuclear family before people went their mm-hmm. own way um uh, uh we would play endless card games and trivial pursuit which looking back is a terrible horrible game but i was very good at it so i didn't care when i was 13 or 14 so were um, you it was just my mum going how do you know all of these things well how did you know did you cheat did you go through the cards and kind of or were you just like a were you just like a sponge I've, I've always just absorbed facts just from just the ether and increasingly obviously now the internet you some people just pick up yeah. facts and pick up and, and, and notice little things and i've always had that kind of brain um and now my son has kind of inherited that brain and he's even better than i my, ever was my son is the same um, i think i used to gather around the 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 dinner table um and the kids would say what's fact of the day and they would just say well tell us give us and like give us something and i'll tell you a fact about it you know kind of thing um mm-hmm. which is always yeah which is always kind of kind of good fun but so did you rule the trivial pursuit um roost very much yeah which absolutely infuriated my brother who may be a we're not wizards listener really? at this point um so sorry ben um I, i'm just never very gracious about it if i'm completely honest um but they he <laughs> told ben he told well me off cast that one of the things he wanted us to bring up was the whole trivial pursuit thing just so he could casually mention <laughs> the number <laughs> of times disaster, he yeah. basically was it what did you say ground him into the dirt Ground him into you the know, dirt. Left That's right, him. Yeah. Was it? Put my hand on. Left his neck. him pieless. I think you call. I don't know if mm. you called them. Called to call them pies or called them cakes. In terms of this, they were pies. They were pies, weren't they? For for, for no reason. They were definitely. I I used to know people that used to say, "Oh, have a slice of cake." Yeah, well, that makes it a bit more jolly. It does, but you know, pies. If you're winning. It's of course it, turn, it can turn around on itself and ask you, you know, well you've you've obviously got all the pies, 
And I say yes, but it's glad that you don't have them because otherwise you would eat them all. So there you, you would go. Eat them all the there pies. you go. Um, mm. You dropped in with kind of like Games Workshop stuff. So were you? Yeah. Were you into? The beginning stuff of kind of I guess the crossover between kind of MB games. So was this Hero Quest, Advance Hero Quest, or were you taking a? Con- no, it was a bit later. Than that. I'm, I'm I'm a little younger than that, Richard. Wow. So I was growing up in the late '80s. So I suppose it was early Advanced Space Crusade, mm-hmm. and it was lots of Warhammer mm-hmm. and Space Hulk. I think was still around, but we didn't own that. Um, I think Advanced Hero Quest we had for a while. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was that kind of thing, and it was all beautiful, lovely boxes, and we had Mighty Empires, oh. which I still own actually, Mighty Empires, uh, which is the kind of um, it takes the Warhammer world and kind of zooms out, and you can play what looks a little bit more like Civilization with hexes, um, and I actually converted that into a game for my kids like a few years ago. Um, it's got lots of lovely bits and they all have lots of lovely bits don't they and, and the whole feel of them is great but they're just the mechanisms mm. are I think pretty dire looking back so um, kind of growing up were you always a kind of like the playful child I mean did you get to kind of like the ages of 13, 14 and you were kind of like no it's serious time now things are happening I am you know I'm growing up I'm changing I'm putting away my <laughs> boys toys or were you trying to still kind of casually kind of justify buying yourself a Lego set at the age of 17 kind of thing but it's technical Lego no, I, kind of thing I think I think I think that's a really good question because I think of playfulness and you think of a particular sort mm. of playfulness a kind of almost childish playfulness but I think I don't really think of play like that and this is why I think the podcast tries to explore all sorts of different play so we've talked about uh, uh, interactive theatre and we've talked about board games and car- and video games and we've talked about um, just just all sorts of you know play at museums and, and how people kind of put, put, put play into museum spaces and all sorts of things and I think I suppose you play in different ways in different parts of your life Mm. don't you so when I was a teenager a lot of my playfulness went into an interesting comedy and an interesting kind of sketch comedy and and writing that sort of thing Um, which I I don't do anymore but I think some of my that stuff has now gone into kind of the talks I have I have to give as part of my job or, or or and then gone back into games as my kids have grown up and I've discovered sort of modern board games about, I don't know, five years ago, like everyone else. So were you, <laughs> so were you kind of, um, the comedy stuff and the sketch stuff, was there kind of any particular influences that you follow? Because I remember at that time there was the the cracking on with like the Mary Whitehouse experience and then there was like Newman and Bedeal yeah. coming in and then Bedeal yeah. went off and did his own thing with Frank Skinner. So were there, did you have particular mm, kind of... That was very much the sort of era. And in fact, my, it suddenly came back to me that uh, we were up in... I did a... The one time I did the Edinburgh Fringe yeah. with a, a, a sort of troop of people from medical school, um, we we were in a bar with new with Bedeal wow. and Skinner. Um, and they were the only thing I remember is that they were substantially more more successful with the girls there than than me and my um, slightly (laughs) specky medical school (laughs) friends were which is not a big surprise Um, so they were but they were actually funnily enough actually uh, probably the the influence the the original influence was things like The Goon Show and going really Mm. far back I like the silliness of that and actually a lot of a lot of the stuff that we would do was much more kind of just Silly, I and mean, obviously, like everyone else, Monty Python was 
was it and was the the, the greatest thing. Um, but we are we, we didn't really particularly. I mean, I never. I, I liked the Mary Whitehouse experience, but I never, I never loved it in that way. Um, I mean, I was on Blackadder as well. Obviously, if you wanted to be clever, then every, and everyone would would just look at Blackadder and, and how amazing those. I kind of thought it was. It kind of got pushed to the side. I think I remember there was a lot of. Um, let's put Blackadder goes forth on at BBC Two, and let's have Newman and Bedil on kind of BBC One, but. If I go mm. back and watch um, an episode of Newman and Bedil, um at the time they were kind of like they were, they were they were the first guys that said, "Oh look, we've sold out an arena." And I remember buying the video mm. where they mm. they kind of did their actual kind of big arena tour, and that was a huge thing at the time because obviously nowadays stand up mm. stand up comedians if they're not doing like a five a five night sellout stadium tour, there's some kind of you know they're middle of the road, they're kind of almost there, but they mm. haven't kind of got it. It's become a big business. But on the it? other side of it, um, but. Blackadder just seems to have aged very, very well in terms of especially two, two and four. And I think as, as, I, as I get older, the almost childish pomposity of two, there's four has kind of really, really etched itself in my heart with regards to kind yeah. of the, the kind of, because I'm, to be honest, and you're probably, you know, almost the same, you're kind of almost the same age as the characters that are in, the, <laughs> that are in the kind yeah, of the show. Absolutely. Kind of thing, and I kind of identify yeah, yeah. kind of more with them. Have you ever been tempted to pick up the, the pen and sketch a couple of things? Kind of like again, you know, was there any point in the podcast you thought, well, let's have a, let's have a comedy five minutes, you know, let's, let's do write something you did, didn't you? I think, yeah, I think, I, I think if, if I think if the, I, I have got, um, I've got a couple of ideas, but it's just they've got to have the format. I think you know somebody's. There's lots of funny podcasts within the kind of board game space, aren't there? But. But but none that did that sort of scripted comedy that can that can very easily go wrong. I mean, I have had brief conversations with Dan Hughes, obviously late of this parish, um, yeah. who who's thought about that sort of thing. Um, but I think you have to be quite you've got to be really good, and you've got to invest a lot of time for that stuff's going to work. Um, I mean, if you if, if you look at uh, obviously our own friend Laura Deming. Um, <laughs> <that> you- <laughs> You're but very, she's one of the funniest, you know, very, in terms of scripted very, comedy. Very brave man to be bringing that up against somebody who's technically going to be editing you later on. <laughs> okay, Paula Deming. Then, um, you know, her stuff is beautifully scripted, beautifully produced, and you know, there are points at which you go, "Okay, I am never going to be as good as that person at doing this. I don't have the talent or the time or the mm-hmm. expertise, so I'm going to do what I do." Um, and I'm going to bring what I bring to to that. I mean, I, so I bring sort of curiosity and, and mm. questions, and and somehow the ability to kind of find interesting people to talk to. And and I think what you know, I think I think what I bring is is a kind of a, a lack of focus on one kind of play. So you get all sorts of cross pollination of different kinds of play being discussed, which I which I think is which I think is kind of one of the nice things about about the pod is. Um, you know, talk to a historian, and then a, and then a psychologist, and then a lecturer in English literature, and then a guy who you know designs games, and then a play therapist, and you know all of these different people, kind of coming through. Do you, do you reckon that um, 
just having the kind of the board game people on is a bit kind of restrictive then? Do you think that when people are talking to play that I should be, for instance, reaching out to these other people? I mean, I had a fascinating conversation no. with Sam, Sam Illingworth when he was on. Mm. But it was, and then I listened to your episode with him and I absolutely had to stop the car, rip the entire stereo out the car, throw it, <laughs> throw it. it's a rental car, it was fine. Um, an Iceland van went into the back of my car and wrecked it. Benny, so this is a rental. And I threw it at the side and I went, oh my goodness, those questions are so good. They're so good and that conversation is so informative and I hate it. So I'm a little bit, you know, I was a little bit kind of, it was a bit kind of jealousy kind of getting you on the show tonight and, you know, and now, you know, and I, I did kind of want to not like you and, you know, you've been talking for 20 minutes and I'm just like, yeah, he's a really nice guy. But do you think, do you think when we're talking about maybe, you know, I, you no, know, do you think we're fine where we are? Let, let me, you are absolutely fine where we are. So I think, I think in a way there's, there's two, Podcasts are a really interesting form of ent- entertainment for me because obviously every, all podcasts need to be entertaining to some extent. And some also are to feed a particular community. And there is literally nothing wrong with that. So you and Sporadically Bored and uh, uh, This Game is Broken and um, uh, sort of the people who are who, who kind of have connections with your informal network, you know, do, do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and staying in are game about games and for people who like games and that is there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever and staying in actually is, is probably more i'd really have to love those i'd love to have those guys on because i love how they um bridge board and com- computer games completely you know often you forget if you're not like, paying attention which one you're talking which one they're talking about yeah. which is so cool um but but i think the other reason for podcasts is to bring the general public in the things that are maybe of interest to anybody so everyone's got a vague interest in play and kind of playing mm. and so i suppose so so mine i don't think i'm ever going to get a community around my podcast in the way that you get a community around sporadically border for instance or i i, I don't i you because you, you've done a little bit of community building haven't you but not not a great deal yeah i mean God, I mean, you mentioned obviously you mentioned the staying in guys, um, and yeah. they're they just seem to have it kind of right. But then community is community because we I've, I wouldn't consider I've got a huge community. But then at the same time, no. I think you kind of sell yourself maybe a bit short in terms of the number of people who would generally be interesting in having a further discussion. I think, yeah, it's just where to do that, really. Fa- just, I think a Facebook group. If you set one up, I think people. Well, I have got one. It's play is the thing on Facebook. But thank you very much for the uh, lead into the uh, plug. <laughs> I just set them up. You me. just keep knocking them down. But I think, yeah, yeah I'll just play you know, it. in terms of the kind of the discussion about it, in terms of the people wanting to have that discussion, I think there are some people who are who are wanting to have yeah. a further discussion. Well, on extremely welcome to, to come and join and, and, and have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the name of that uh, Facebook g- group again then? <laughs> it's called Play it's called Play is the Thing, which is the same, the same as the name as of the podcast. podcast which you've now said a few times. So hopefully people have heard it now, which is great. I might um, just bleep it all out. You should be in marketing. I might just bleep it all out. You know, I might be, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> <I'm> always, <laughs> just so like good. what's it called again? Beep. 
Max failed to pay his, his marketing fee and therefore he the Let that be a lesson to the rest of That's you. That's terrible. Nobody pays to be on this show. Do you know the only people... No, it's not. We're sponsored by, was it, Aircon? <laughs> Depends when this goes out. It might be somebody else, but we are, you know. Are you sponsored by yeah. Aircon? Is that yeah. serious? Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, they said, you know, they said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, as long as we put, you know, we'll have a little thing at the beginning of the show, which is kind of cool. But that encourages me to be, like, basically a fanny because most people would just kind of, like, have a message and have the same message. And I've been encouraged to have different, to actually start different messages and what can I do about this and kind of make it kind of topical and yeah. stuff like that instead. But, yeah, I mean, we're a big fan of Aircon and... Yeah, there. Yeah, we could have a short section where I could explain how I really, really like the idea of going to Aircon, and I'm really desperately sad that I'm not going to go. Why? <laughs> well, because I was in a limited amount. I mean, I well, we. I'm in busy life, I suppose is the short answer. Busy life, a lot of stuff that is not game related that has to be done. You've got job and commitments and. Let's face it, going going Job, and spending kids, going and spending family. any time anywhere is always gonna cost kind of money, isn't it? It's yeah, it's it's time really. It is time and time time spending, you know, spent with the family is it's quite Absolutely. Really. Absolutely. Um in terms, you know, we're kinda of skirting around the reason that you're here. I mean, I don't think you've mentioned your podcast at all yet. <laughs> I've not, not even, even talked about it yet. One little bit. Um but what <laughs> I'm like the Stephen Bonacore of, um, of uh, tiny Don't podcasts. <laughs> Why do you have to bring him up? Why? Well, yeah, I think truce. Right. I mean, it's a very, very kind of loosey goosey trucey at the moment. But you know, even bringing him up, it's like you're coming on here being more intelligent and articulate, and then you have to bring up the name of one of my worst enemies. Um, Your nemesis. What's the surname? Yeah. Plural of nemesis. Nemesis must be nemesis. Ask him, Dan Hughes. Nemesis. He knows when he calls Mike Delisio. Yeah, he's brilliant. You he's, know. he's he's the most erudite person I've ever it's met. Just ridiculous. He knows exactly what he's doing. Mm. Um, yeah, but anyway, mm. when you were, I don't want to keep plugging them because folk will go away and go, oh yeah, that reminds me. I've got to listen to this episode of Sporadically Bored because it's really good, and then you just switch <laughs> it off, and then that's it. Doesn't matter how many times you mention your podcast because it'll be gone into the ether. Yeah. What uh. me? I mean. Going back to yourself and your career, when yeah. you went to uh, you, you you said the phrase medical students. I guess <laughs> I guess you yeah. weren't. I was a medical student for some I guess years. You just didn't hang right. around with a group of medical students and say, "I've hang around with these guys. At least they'll probably get the barbell." Eventually, someone will give me a stethoscope. Exactly. No, that wasn't quite how it worked. Although they did actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't. Um, you just yeah, lie and so, then come back so, with and this is what's actually a true lie and it's just not it's just disappointing but well, people, did you people have done it I'm sure they have passing for doctors uh, for some time yeah, yeah I think the latest case was fairly recently in the UK someone was pretending to be a psychiatrist which made me which made me laugh very much um, how long they got away with being a psychiatrist not knowing anything did, um, there you go. From, I don't know. Was that from a point? Is that, is that a is that a comment on psychiatry is or not? That, I have, couldn't possibly comment. Oh come on! You can't kind of drop yourself in there and then try and scramble back out the pit with your leaving your nails and embedded in the wall as you go I'm kind not, of thing. I have a lot of friends that are psychiatrists. So I'm not going to dump them in it. But anyway, which is that interesting was, that that was the specialty she got away with. 
it's what you're not saying that's really really interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm leaving a lot of leaving a lot of space. So yeah, I, I so so long story yeah. short, uh, and actually it is relevant to the podcast. I think um, I qualified years ago, twenty years ago, um, and um, went into pediatrics because kids are less smelly than old people and get better quicker and are more fun. Um, basically. Um, and, and I that was all right. And hospital pediatrics was really kind of exciting for a yeah. while. But I, I think what really kind of bit me was um, what we call community pediatrics, which is basically neurodevelopmental pediatrics. So it's things like autism, um, and more latterly, I've been really into ADHD. Um, and it's just being able to get to know these kids with these amazingly different brains. Mm. Um, and you know, I mean, I've, initially it was the autistic kids who fascinated me because this sort of absolutely perfect, but but very different brains. There's nothing wrong. It seemed to me very early on, very obvious to me that there was nothing wrong in, in itself with an autistic yeah. brain. It was just different, and we just had to understand it in a different way. And actually, the more I read about it, the the more that kind of impression is reinforced. Um, and and so play and the discussion of play and the patterns of play are really important when you're looking at what kind of neurodevelopmental profile a child mm. has because that comes out it's a really good way of it coming out I mean, be it an autistic child who finds social play very difficult or an adhd child who just just can't sit yeah, still yeah, and yeah, all over yeah. the place um you know play play is really important in my work and encouraging play is actually really important if you're trying to help children to express themselves and develop themselves um and so it was sort of it's another way in which it's another way into thinking about play and actually the last couple of episodes i'm going to bring out this month are about really they they're really about play and the autistic spectrum um and what it's like and how we should think about people with autism and how the way that they play um and how it you know how it's different but in exactly the same way really how it's different but no less valuable but in your experience um and and i mean i've got you know i've got um two kids at high school and one kid at one child at primary school mm -hmm. in your experience do you think that the the number of children with kind of autism and adhd and things like that has increased or do you think that we're just getting we're more willing to kind of give a diagnosis on that level i think i i, I think the, the diagnosis has changed so historically we used to give a lot more diagnoses of um learning disability and now we're doing now we're that's been replaced by autism in a lot of mm -hmm. cases which is an advance because actually if you if you look at autism then you can if you look at someone as having autism then you can adjust yourself to them so you can communicate better to them so i think that's in many cases an, an improvement i think the adhd um we certainly has a, had a massive increase in the diagnosis of adhd usually that's re that's replaced awkward bugger or naughty child or mm -hmm. um you know or just borstal case um if does that is that does that translate for you yeah kind of, no no yeah know. no i remember that i mean growing up uh, that's what people used to call those yeah. kids um and and those those labels were very dismissive now there are valid concerns about labeling everyone who's 
having problems with their behavior with ADHD. But I think if you're careful with who you select out, then it can be a very useful uh, diagnosis to make, I, I think, in my view. I think growing up, um, there was the case of, there was a lot of separation and stuff. So I remember even being at high school, there were obviously, there were kids in my class who just could not grasp concepts, certain things at all. Mm. And they went to kind of like, they went to the learning support side of things. Mm -hmm. There was the kids that were just, they just could not sit still. And the teacher would just, Mm. they would just get disciplined and that was it. They would end up spending Mm -hmm. an entire high school completely being you know, standing outside the kind of the, the rector's office so much that they would be digging a hole in the side of the wall where they were leaning against it kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had their own little spot. Yeah, and I think nowadays, I think, um, I think, um, I, th- I think that there's a strive to kind of integrate children, all children into a similar space. And I think with that, it kind of brings, it's kind of its own degree of challenges because of, Teachers used to be a case of, I'm going to shout at the naughty kids. I'm going to love the kids that do the stuff that, you know, that I want them to do. And then Mm, the kids that maybe need the additional support, then I'll deal with them 60% of the time and the rest of the 40% of the time they're going to another room for additional support anyway. And nowadays Mm. they have to, they have to kind of, they have to have kind of walk a fine tightrope so much that I know that every class that my son has been in at primary school so far, there's been additional assistance in there. You know, there's been other adults yeah. in well, there. Well, that, that's standard. Yeah. 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 It's teachers have an incredibly, incredibly hard job to yes. do. I'm not completely sure that it's got harder. I think that it's become more obvious how hard it is and the expectations are on them of bringing everyone with them and, you know, have increased so 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 the kids that they used to just send out all the time they're now expected to engage with and try and get the best out of and that does create an additional burden for teachers it is definitely harder for them um but of course no one would now argue that these kids don't need to be engaged that they, they can just be kind of left in the corridor yeah. you know throwing a ball against the yeah. wall um so it's just it's just it, it is about it's about as a as a system we've made things harder for ourselves while stripping the whole system of money, which obviously not a political podcast, but yeah, there's not much money around. Have you noticed? (laughs) It depends. I mean, all of a sudden, somebody seemed to have found lots and lots of money down the back of their couch quite recently to find it. Oh, well, the magic money tree has appeared. Yes, quite. Yeah, they stole it. Yeah, we're going to build 40 new hospitals. Oh, no, we're not. We're going to just refurbish six. (laughs) I just, I mean, as a political, as a political aside, and we talk about this in the office all the time, I just want a political interviewer. I want certain people gone from reporting on politics because their bias is just ridiculous. Uh-huh. But I think they should have a political uh-huh. VAR system. And what that Go and on. what it means, right, is they basically have the ability when they think that somebody said something dodgy, they just go, right, we're just gonna uh-huh. we're just gonna check. And then if they're lying, they call them a liar. Yeah. Because there's this kind of expectation yeah. they don't actually say you're lying. They yeah, need, they, I know. They need just, to get. They need to sort of live. They need like live fact yeah, checking, just don't to they? See, and just say, actually, you're but lying. There, this is this is not true. There's not forty. There's yeah. six. You know, that's just. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I understand yeah. where the money's coming, kind of coming from. In terms of then, when you're dealing with children of different kind of areas, is it? Do you approach the play in the same area? Do you have to approach the play in a different area? I mean, is some because people talk about kind of obviously overstimulus in terms of kind of ADHD yeah. and stuff like that. So when it comes to approaching mm. the play side of things, do you get that involved as part of your job? Job or is that not? Uh, not directly. I do have conversations with parents about play but I, I wouldn't call myself a sort of therapist of any kind mm. I mean I think generally speaking yeah getting overstimulated can be difficult for all sorts of children with with developmental problems but I've been thinking quite a lot about how overwhelming a sort of conventional place a group play space can be for a, a person with autism a child or adult mm. really and how I, I think if you're trying to include people with autism and you know we know in the hobby there's lots of people with various degrees of difficulty or, or very no I don't even want to say difficulty various degrees of autisticness about them um, and I think you know it's kind of we need to maybe think a bit, a bit more about what is it is about these environments that's hard for them is are they too noisy is there too much visual stimulation um, is there too much social expectation not that we should you know have a separate autism area of uh, conventions or anything but but I do think it's I don't know it's just something to think about if you're if you're thinking about your group or people coming in and whether one of the reasons they might find be finding things stressful is is noise and light and um you know too many different things going on at once um conversely i think with adhd they need a lot of stimulation um i should say we because i i also have a diagnosis of adhd mm. but um we need a lot of stimulation um and so very slow get play can be very difficult um but also children with ADHD, particularly if they are not being stimulated by the activity, then they will just find other stuff to stimulate them. They'll just yeah. find other things yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to... So it can be both of those groups. Uh, and of course, if you've got both, then it's extra challenging. Um, both of those groups can be challenging to play with. Um, uh, I mean, what I do do is I run a local... I uh, run a board games club at my local school where George... Uh, who Richard met, but the podcast listeners won't have met, um, attends. Um, and I don't know everyone's diagnosis, but I am absolutely convinced that there's a number of children who have who could be diagnosed in, in, in the club. Um, and it's very challenging. It's it's very challenging, but but it's worth it because if you get it right, they really get a lot out of play. Um, but you've just got to sort of meet them halfway in a way. Is it just the simple fact that kids aren't all the same? I mean, is it the fact that, you know, everybody... I mean, I, I know... I go to the club, the board... When I go I go to the club, um, you know... But when I go to the board game club, there are quite clearly people who I'm interacting with at the club who need a game that they're playing to have as little downtime as possible. They need to be constant... Or their their brain needs to be yeah. occupied, you know. Um, there's... Ga yeah. You know, they, they would they love to play something like Santorini, um, they would yeah. hate to play, you know, um, something like Viticulture where they're maybe sitting there for, you know, or Terraforming Mars where they're sitting there for 10, 15 yeah, minutes yeah, between yeah. turns. And you can see them and, and you can see certain people that you set them down in front of a game. And they're not like a savant or something like that. It's just that they are able to completely solely focus on every single aspect of this game. And they're able, you know. Uh, sorry, sorry. Um I think that's what's so fascinating about the hobby. It's what it, it's how it shows our 
our brains to each other because it because it's because it's personal because we're there in front of each other we can really see how each other responds to different s- s- scenarios and different situations mm-hmm. and and the the meshing of the game experience and mechanics and the magic circle of gaming with the particular personalities involved is so endlessly fascinating and the di- you know these kind of variabilities of different games and different players and different scenarios uh, and, and you know just different times of day and different moods that people are in this gives it no two games of a board game are the same um, and I think that's not true I mean if you play a lot of I think video games are more uniform in the experience of the video game I think there's so much more texture in terms of the personalities to a, a board game which is why I think one of the main reasons that I enjoy them more yeah no um, a lot more in video games I, I was playing Santorini on Friday for the mm. For the first time, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but um, we ended up the night with like a, I think it was a four-player game, and mm. um, but those final moves. That's the sort of team variant, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we just played single, and we just each had a had one pawn, and there was four of us, and that's okay. what we did. But the final move. By the time we were playing the final move, there was it was such an atmosphere around us in terms of the table that we had actually four or five yeah. people had just gathered round to watch just to see who would kind of kind of win so the interactivity was there and everybody was kind of having a laugh i know yeah. that in other places in other times i could put santorini down i would probably end up potentially two or three people kind of sitting in silence just because they would be wanting to concentrate yeah. kind of on, sure, on sure. the kind of the optimum moves what do you, what would you say would be your ideal play? I mean, what, what, what I mean, and I, I mean, kind of, as you say, kind of like that could be relaxing. That could be focusing your mind on something else. Mm. That could just be doing something kind of energetic or non-energetic. Just something that, you know, isn't necessarily productive, but is also productive for you as a person. I mean, what would you say your ideal yeah. play would be? Um. I mean, I think that so if, if I could play sort of anything with anyone, I think I would have a group of my grown-up friends for an evening when no one's exhausted, and we would play a number of hour-long, not much longer than that, board games, mm. um, and just have a lovely time. And then we'd have a we'd play a mixture of different things. Um, Maybe go a little bit higher. My favourite game is probably Root at the moment. And of course, that's not an hour-long board game. Um, so I would play I would play a game of Root and then a game of, I don't know, something like Jamaica or then something light like... Um, I'm really enjoying... There's a, a Hand of the King. It's a. It's weirdly, it's a um, Game of Thrones-themed yeah. game. Um, but it's it's a very nice little abstract game that doesn't take very long to play mm-hmm. and it's really fun. Um, yeah, so that sort of thing. That would be my ideal play experience at this point. Um, but equally, you know, in a different mood, because I'm quite tired tonight, um, mm. in a different mood, it would be let's play something quite stupid with five excitable eight-year-olds. You know, let's play, I don't know, Werewords or um, there's a 
guy uh, there's a book called The Floor is Lava there's lots of really oh, silly yeah, games in yeah, that yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is, can be all played with, with no equipment you know take some excited wood kids out to a park and, and have a picnic blan- with a pink blanket and a copy of the, fl- of the Floor is Lava and play some stupid games that would be also a wonderful play experience I don't really mind all that much yeah I'm kind of really enjoying um, Rhino Hero Super Battle at the moment just because of yeah. how absolutely ridiculous it can get, and there's there's points it's absurd. where you want to what you want to knock it all down, and then there's other times which you're standing in the living room and something has almost reached the light shade because you've managed to build it architecturally perfect, and I'm staring at my boy and going, "Look at what we have created," and then he goes, "Oh yeah," and then he just flicks the whole thing down and goes, "You won," and then that's kind of that's uh, kind of it. I love. I love, love, love the building aspect of yes. that. Um, I think that, I mean, this is nitpicking, but I think they could have done more with the fighty bit. I think the fighty bit's really a bit boring. The kind of, oh, I've ended up on the floor with you. Let's both roll a dice. Oh, you go yeah. down. It's just, I think they could have done lots and lots more with I think that, had, without making it complicated. Yeah, I think they had a really, really good idea with the building thing, and then they went, mm, I don't know what we do to kind of what happens when somebody beats another floor. I would, I would like yeah. it to see see a case where you, um, you forced a different piece if you won on that person because it's all about kind of piece selection. And I can you could be able to say, well, if I won, yeah, you yeah, could get yeah. this. That's a nice idea. You could get yeah. this one instead. You know that kind of thing. I, but there's different things. But I like the accessibility. I like the fact I could probably take a room full of kids and, and just play it. Um, King Domino is another yep, game. And I do. King Domino is another game which seems to do extremely oh, well in terms of yeah. you know, how it works. So I'm a big, I'm a big kind of um, big kind of fan of it. Um, yeah. Why the podcast though? I mean, there's obviously... I mean, was it because it was your turn to make one? Did you get contacted by the National Podcast Association and said, you know, um, we have you know, we have noticed it's like the postcode lottery. Your postcode's come up and we've not got a podcast in your area. Do you mind making one kind of thing? Or did you, just, did you notice a kind of a gap in the market and think, well, normally it's just a couple of people sitting around giving their opinions on whether or not they like something and I've got something more... To kind of offer. It came from my previous f- attempt at internet stardom, um, which is I'm sort of on, kind of on hiatus from, which was kind of games for families, which was a um, YouTube, a little bit of YouTube, yeah. a little bit of Facebook, kind of games for kids and games. We, me and my kids used to make videos, and you know we've stopped that for a bit. And I thought, well, actually, I was talking to Dan Hughes, and I was like, I don't want to be a guy who reviews the latest hotness i don't i want to lose my because i was getting quite bad fomo i was getting quite bad oh i want to buy this i want to buy that i want to be going to all of the conferences the you know conventions and i want to be the guy who's got everything and i sort of wanted to stop doing that but i still wanted to really engage in what was of such a fascinating area so i thought well what could i do I'll, i'll think about what am i actually interested in and what i'm actually interested in is play i mean you know i i, I mean i'm not vi- i'm not massively into video games but i'm really fascinated by them as a social phenomenon um and actually the, i suppose the other thing that happened was um i'm also one of my other jobs <laughs> is i'm health i'm head of health improvement for the royal college of pediatrics um and 
we wrote screen time guidance for parents at the beginning of the year, which really stirred up a lot of thoughts and lots of discussions about kind of people who feel that video games are kind of corrupting the youth and, and poisoning our, you know, poisoning our, 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 our young people. And I've never accepted that, but looking into the science of mm. it, it was just really interesting. Attitudes to play and what is good play and what is bad play are just really prevalent and um, often unstated. But the disapproval of, of video games is something that I react against, even though I don't, I don't particularly enjoy them myself. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's always a case, but that's always been down the generations of what people kind of like and enjoy and, yeah. and, and kind of activities and stuff like that. I mean, it used to be, yeah. I mean, people used to kind of really, really think that you know they should, you know, if they're given, a, if they're going to start anything, it should be smoking. You know, those people yeah. kind of running about <laughs> instead, you know, like dafties kind of going nowhere in a circle. I mean, what's that all about? A kind of kind of thing. So, um, video games. I- so I mean, yeah. I mean, the point. The point is a good one. In the nineteenth century, people were treated for reading addiction. Young ladies who were reading too many novels yeah. were sort of being sent to clinics to kind of because you know, or, or, or were you know, great concern with, and the people were writing to the to the Times about it. Yeah. To, uh, great concern about the scourge of our young people, which was this novel thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Socrates thinks thought we should never write anything down because it would rot our brains. So you know, it always every kind of every new form of play every new form of information technology there will be a moral panic about what we have at the moment is something which is both the dominant form of play and a and an information technology so it's kind of the perfect storm for moral panic that i mean that's my view anyway i think i think i (laughs) i get again quite a lot of arguments with people about it but uh, uh, i think if there's anything that i don't i have an issue with and I'm, I stand on hypocrisy mountain, saying, "Don't look at me, <laughs> look at yourself." <laughs> Is the kind of the social media stuff because I, I, uh-huh. I kind of, I, I kind of, I maybe didn't have as good a time as high school as I could. I did have good times, but I also didn't have amazing times. I think everybody was in the same boat, and I would hate to yeah. think if you were a teenager, going, you know, if you walk, I mean, if you walk into class and you had toilet roll stuck in the bottom of your shoe I mean, when I was growing up in sure. high school you'd get the usual people taking the Michael out of you um, mm-hmm. and then that would be it you know if you do it nowadays there'd be 50 people taking a photograph of you and the next thing you know you've got 50,000 likes on Instagram and you're being known as Poo Poo Shoe Boy you know <laughs> and- <laughs> but you'd be known as Poo Poo Shoe Boy anyway uh, just to play devil's advocate yeah. to, to, to just quickly <laughs> a few things to say about that yes absolutely and bullying online as probably, if you are bullied and you're also bullied online, that probably makes the bullying more damaging. And we think bullying is a major kind of public health problem, actually. However, most very few people are bullied only online. Yes. And also, just as you would come home and, you know, let's say you've, you've been poo-poo shoe boy at school and everyone's been laughing, you've had a horrible day, yeah. and you come home and your parents are busy or stressed or a bit preoccupied so they can't support you but then you go online to your minecraft server or your league of legends server or whatever and you talk to your friends the people who who don't call you poo poo shoe boy because they don't know about the poo poo shoes you know so actually or conversely and the thing i always come back to is that you know a child who's growing up gay in a in a 
scenario where they can't come out or they, they don't feel they can be themselves and then come home and they talk, they can talk to other young people in the same, in the same situation. So I think, I think if you look at the data, the, there's a really lovely uh, recent study that showed that the amount they looked at the amount of social media that teenagers were consuming and whether there's an association with lower well-being. Mm. And there was. It was so weak, however, it was as strong as whether you eat potatoes or not. So how much <laughs> potato you eat it has as much effect on your well-being as how much social media you consume. And social media is slightly less associated with poor well-being than wearing glasses. That's which is bad for you. I'm I just, I just, there's a whole lot of equivalences there, and I'm just like, God, what? I want to know what else. <laughs> you, you could have stepped that off, and I'm going. So, it's potentially as bad well, as I can, eating I can put you in touch with one of the I'd researchers. Love to know. She's really you know lovely, I mean? and I'm like, sure she'll tell know. you what else comparison she ran. Be if you want, um, if you wore this particular types of shoes, do you like chewing gum? Yes, well, you're definitely slightly happier than if you went on social media. <laughs> but that shows the ridiculous. Clearly, that shows the so. So if you ti- if you find these really tiny um, associations, and then you then assume that that is causal, that's that really what what um, Amy and Andy, who were the do- people who did the research, were showing is that you just it's silly to to find this tiny little variations in the data and say, oh, well, this is causing this, because you can find. Anything. If you have enough data, you can find anything you want, really. I think, yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's kind of, it depends, I think, on the type of personality as well, that if they are using it on a certain basis, they might kind of take it more seriously. I know how easy it is to kind of feel absolutely alone in the world and then knowing that you're thinking that everybody now knows that what happened and it turns out that everybody else has got their own stuff to be kind of getting on with so there's kind of yeah, that kind true. of thing um, yeah. but going back to the question about the podcast <laughs> so <laughs> but I, I I have it all locked in it says I know where I'm going with this you just have to bear with me for the that's way. fine um, I will bear with thank you that's fine um, but then what made you decide let's bring in guests let's have people to chat to was it a case of did you were you tempted to kind of do a series and just say well let's let's have a let's me have a chat to you about my opinions and thoughts on the matter or were you kind of fairly driven to go and get the kind of the guests i wasn't ever tempted to do that because i had sort of done it um a little bit um my main real um, expertise of course is in child development and I had done a series of videos for the Dice Tower last year on um, the usefulness of, of games for child development which are still on YouTube and you can go and look them up um, so I sort of felt that from my point of view from my scientific knowledge I had done everything at that point I wanted to say I'd said everything I wanted to say mm-hmm. Um, so the next step was obviously to find out what other people thought and actually I I think again I mean if you think about podcasts which is only one person that it's very difficult to do and do well I mean obviously Ben you know our mutual friend Ben Maddox is fantastic at it but they take a long time to write um, and to get right it's like the scripted comedy thing we were talking about earlier whereas uh, a chat you, the other person's structuring you and it's just much much easier it doesn't need to be rehearsed or scripted at all yeah um 
I mean, obviously, this is tightly scripted, Richard, as you know, um, and you run a very tight ship, and I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. But you know, generally speaking, this kind of this kind of chat is is relatively unstructured. <laughs> so the answer to the question was, you did what I get guests on then. If you can go down to like it's page numbers, page number seven, line one hundred and eighty-two. That tells oh, okay. you how yeah, you meant to question. ask the Yes, I had to have guests because I did not list, want to listen to my own voice for any longer than I had to. That's close, but it's not what I've got written on the card. But anyway, oh. um, do you do you have a kind of? It's good, but it's not <laughs> it's right. Good, but it's not. It's close, <laughs> but it's not what I've got written on the card. Welcome back to Catchphrase. Um, <laughs> is there? a super duper starship trooper set of guests you would like to come on i mean i've had the stay i've had the staining per- guys the on the dream guests yeah the stay i've had the staining guys on they're fantastic um yeah i would get the staining guys on the- I, uh, they're not my dream dream guests because i think they may be achievable so <laughs> i if you have an unachievable guest um i would love you know taskmaster yes i am so into taskmaster at the moment and i think it is such a playful show yeah um, just you know silly things done in this really quite deadpan way no one's kind of look at me I'm so wacky on that show they're just doing ridiculous things and laughing but in a quite unselfconscious way and the, the genius behind Taskmaster is Alex Horn. Alex Horn is my dream guest for the podcast just because how he comes up with all the tasks mm. he does most of the writing I would love to t- sit him down and talk about his attitude to play, how he gets all those ideas. Um, but I'll never get him. But there, he would be my dream guest. Have, you, think, have you asked him? No, I have not asked him. I might ask him. You never know. You should but just ask I, him. He's, bu- he's a busy man. But I'm sure they're a busy man, but busy people are the best people to speak to because busy people will... If, yeah. if I say to a busy person, if I say to a non-busy person, can you do this time on this particular time yeah then they will basically um they'll be like oh let me check the diary i'll get back checking i'm usually like that you know if i say to a busy a busy person um then if i say to a busy person kind of like can you do the 9th of october at 8 p.m they'll be like yep i've got it (laughs) you know they'll be able to tell me kind of stuff i'll be there Nailed in. Yeah, I think that's because when you're... I, I, I'm slightly wary of this busy person, not busy person, but I, I know what you're saying. Somebody who finds their time very constrained, you you, you just lock it in because otherwise it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think you're just, you're just much more... You just have to be more disciplined with things, I suppose. And I think just getting I mean, it I, done. You know, I don't want just getting it done as well. I mean, that's why when we were talking, it's like, mm. well, when can we do it? And I was just, I was straight in and go, can you do this day at this time? And the reason for that is if we muck about with weeks and months and minutes and stuff mm. like that, then I know the conversation can go on for months to try and get, and get something kind of sorted out. And then yeah, exactly. And it's just faffy yeah. and it gets boring. Yeah. 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 So are you going to ask... Are you going to ask Alex Horn on the show then? I will. Okay, okay. I will ask Alex Horn on the show. It will not work, but I will try. I think you just do it. Reach out through Twitter. Okay. And just say hello. I will, of course. He's on Twitter yeah. a fair amount. It's actually him as well. It so. is. And you can obviously... I know he listens. Um, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll race you. 
<laughs> we'll ask what, it the same time. Okay, we'll ask, okay, we'll ask it the same time. Okay. I'll tell you what. He's, if, a, he's a fellow podcaster. And if, there should be, exactly. isn't there not a union rule, the National Union of Podcasters, that you have to appear when another podcaster invites you on? That sounds an amazing Unless rule, you invoke it? Article 23 slash B. Oh, I can't well, believe that's, so they've, that, that's a, right, that's okay. a, so they've sent you the rules of the because I never got a copy yeah I mean that's a weighty thing to do if you're out, if you're invoking I'm so I mean, you know, incandescent you rage at the moment the fact I've not even got the badge <laughs> did they give you the badge you haven't got the badge National Union of Podcasters you've not badge. got that did you get the badge uh, well, I, I got the I love the sound of my own voice t-shirt you got that yeah I got the uh, yeah and the uh, inflated <sighs> ego cap um. Yeah. <laughs> just. If, I have. I've, 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 you know. I haven't got a microphone that works particularly I, well, but I anyway, just can't. You know. Stuff. It's no words. If um, if people have listened, no if people have listened along tonight and they want to find out where you exist on the internet webs, Mister Podcast Boy. Hello. With your cap and your t-shirt and your badge, where can they find you on the internet webs? Yeah. Um, well, you can you can look for me, Max Daly, uh, if you want to hear me ranting on about Brexit, child health, and um, I'm currently very angry about how rude people are in politics. Um, but or if you want to go particularly podcasty, it's Play Is the Thing One, Play is the thing one. Uh, on Twitter yeah. and Play Is the Thing on Facebook. And if you just look up Play Is the Thing podcast, um, we're on iTunes and we're on um, all of your all of your podcast um, dealers of choice uh, we you will find us there imagine it's just like this show but the main host isn't a fucking idiot and you've got <laughs> <laughs> and you've got it um, well, well, you know. why thank you so much no, no thank you for, I think you're exciting my dog with that chat thank you thank you for coming on um, <laughs> that's not a euphemism sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a oh doctor um, if you if you want to if you want to keep an eye on what we get away with your filth, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, um, go to the internet web, search for We're Not Wizards, and you'll find us in all the little, little kind of worn out faces, worn out places. Um, oh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the website, which is We're Not Wizards dot com, the blog, which um, we're just getting reviews out left, right and centre. I'd really appreciate it if you had a look at that. It's we're not wizards.blogspot.com. If you like what you listen to um, and you want to subscribe, jump onto a podcast catcher of choice that either has the word pod or cast or neither, like Spotify. Because we're on Spotify. If you like it even more, you can jump onto Apple Podcasts. You can drop us a rating, a review or a subscription. If you are going to be dropping us a rating or review, don't give us 10 stars because it makes me big-headed. But don't give us one star, because um, I don't know what I'll do if I get one star, really. It could be quite I sad. I think that would be very sad. It would be very sad, indeed. Mm. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's, mm. it's average. And we're just a... It's a nice number. Yeah, it's a lovely mm. kind of roundish number. Um, but the person who's not been average is rather wonderful, rather fantastic. <laughs> you know, he's a, <laughs> he's a player, player player he's a player I'm it's, anything uh, but that it's, it's Dr Max Davey yeah hello goodbye rather and there's only two more things to do the first thing is to remember that we're many things but we're not wizards are we wizards Max we are not I'm afraid that's fine I might be um, 
And the other thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Max. Say goodbye, Max. Goodbye, Max. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful. Um, and check out Plays the Thing because it's really, really interesting and I hate it. But until the next <laughs> until the next time. Um goodbye. A wizard is never linked. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. (laughs) 